Hey, Megan. Hey, Nicholas. So what did we talk about today? Today we talked about the power of influencing and influencers. We answered the question, what would you do if you had to start a business tomorrow? And we talked about how everyone should embrace their influence. All that and more on another exciting episode of the Refreshing Edge podcast. Enjoy. Welcome to the Refreshing Edge podcast, hosted by Megan and Nicholas DeSalvo, about what businesses go through when branding, developing creative, and marketing their business in an ever-changing digital climate. It's also about leadership, company culture, building community, working with your spouse, and whatever we feel is important to share with you today. You might know Megan as an amazing wife, incredible mother, thespian, entrepreneur, co-owner, and creator of opportunities at Edge One Media, and volunteer for every nonprofit organization that exists in Portland and maybe beyond. You might know Nicholas for his love of coffee, tennis, watches, video games, and all things Portland. Hey, Megan. Hey, Nicholas. How are you today? I'm doing great. How about you? I'm living the dream. Thank you so much for asking. I am so excited to be here in Tigard, Oregon, in your office with the sun shining through, sitting right next to you on the same side of the desk. Because our microphone is echoey today. Yeah, it's true. You know, usually we have a different setup, but today we have a single microphone and we're making it work. We are. So, what are we here to talk about today? Well, let's talk about the power of influence. Ooh, the power of influence, you say? Yeah. I think that it would be interesting to talk about influencers and influencing and some of the characteristics which make that a viable profession in 2022. So, what is an influencer? An influencer is someone who builds a, an audience on a digital platform of some kind that they can then um, influence into buying decisions. So like someone who takes uh, a product that they enjoy or that they are repping and they uh, take pictures, video, you know, different types of viral content and then put it out with hashtags and keywords and try to get people to buy it, right? Yeah, and hopefully this person has built enough trust with their audience in whatever segment they're in that whatever they're talking about kind of makes sense and their endorsement or their commercial um, helps illuminate a product or service or something that their audience may not have known about before or convinces them that that's a need that they have. Yeah, so like Kim Kardashian is is one of those influencers where, you know, whatever she's repping, you're going to buy probably if you're, you know, a follower of of hers that enjoys what she's uh, repping. Yeah, something like that. You know, it's not a one-for-one thing. They can rep lots of different things, and but it's a volume game. So if if, uh, she has a bajillion followers and a certain percentage of of them buy the thing that she's repping, then... um, that ends up being a win for whoever she's representing at the yeah. moment. Yeah. So that is the long and short, that's the short version of influencing. <laughs> and we're not really talking about influencers as much as we're talking about what they do on the internet and how we could learn from them to be um, influencers of our own. Yeah, yeah. 
leveraging uh, the power that people have to sway other others' opinions. Because at the end of the day, uh, people who know, like, and trust you are going to listen to what you have to say, and they're going to listen to, um, you know, the, your recommendations, whatever those might be. So, um, you know, a, lo- a lot of times people will ask friends, trusted confidants for a recommendation for a service or a product um, if they are in need. And um, I think far too often people discount the amount of influence they have over their family and friends and their network of people who know them. Yeah. So if you think about your circle of influence and what that entails and how you do your influencing, you know, do you talk to people on the phone? Do you text your group of friends? Do you post on Facebook? Do you have stories on Instagram? How do people hear from you about the things that you care about? And what do people come and ask you about when they need advice on something? And it can also be intimate too. So like, you know, when you're sitting in a chair at a salon or you're picking up your laundry or you're going to a meeting, a board meeting or some other, you know, PTA, PTO meeting, whatever, um, you know, all of those people are also people you influence and you see them and they trust you. So, um, you know, just thinking about your sphere of influence, uh, there was always this organization I was a part of where there was this cool graph and it was a spiral and it sort of showed like you in the middle and then all of the people you might touch in just, you know, a, a week or, or a day. And, um, you know, if you if you attend a church or you kids go to school or you volunteer for an organization, there are lots of people that you reach, um, you know, without even realizing it. And people who look at what you do and they look at, you know, how you do it and how you live and what you wear and what you drink and all of that is very influential. Um, But the most influential thing is when someone asks for your opinion and you have a really good recommendation. Yeah, I think that's all good information. And what it really um, highlights to me is that influencers are master brand builders. You know, if you think about what an influencer is or does, they pick a topic or, a, you know, they pick something that they're really good at and they project a certain vibe into a niche. You know, mm-hmm. people talk about fashion, people talk about makeup, people talk about watches, people talk about all kinds of things online and they build audiences based on those interests and they build a whole vibe, a feeling, an authority around that particular topic. And, and we all do. Mm-hmm. We all do. It's true. Well, and I think it's interesting because influencers and influencing kind of gets a bad rap. But, you know, this dates really far back that all of us have been doing this and practicing this for so long. It's just now it's digitized and out there and in front of you all the time that, you you know, people start to get snarky about it. But really, I mean, influencing has been around forever. Yeah, this is just the modern form of it. I know that there is this picture of a of an influencer in our minds, in my mind, where you know people are always walking around with selfie sticks, taking videos of themselves, and that's kind of obnoxious when we think about it. But being an influencer is a legitimate occupation in 2022. And I think it kind of, it just harnesses the power of individuals who can access the internet. You know, the internet has made something possible that was not possible 15 or 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. It used to be that influencers were major celebrities and they had to go on talk shows or be in magazines or newspapers and things like that. You'd have to have some way of amplifying their message, which which 
exists now in a way that it never has. Mm -hmm. It is so much easier for an individual to get attention now than it has ever been because video is so ubiquitous and because bits are so easy to transfer. And so now I think it is important for us all to think about what are the things that we are very passionate about? What are the things that we care very much about? And what is important for us to say about those things? Mm -hmm. What is important for others to know about the things that we care about? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, you know, the way in which we utilize our platforms is very important because uh, we carry on a conversation whether we know it or not. It's all part of storytelling. Um, and storytelling dates back to, to you know, pre-computer times. Like, the storytelling's been around forever. So, you know, we continue that on our platforms by whatever it is we put out there. But also, in addition to that, we, we do it in our day-to-day -day lives. We do it in meetings that we're a part of. You know, um, I think it's just really important to think about what good can you put into the universe and how can you help um, support and amplify other people's messaging and your own messaging um, to be, you know, driving, driving good in the community and in the world. Um, and maybe that's recommending someone's product or service that you've um, been a part of, or maybe it's talking about a cause that's near and dear to you, or maybe it's just talking about, you know, what's important to the, you know, to the environment or the world that you live in. Um, you know, I, I just think really being thoughtful about the content you put out and thoughtful about the story that your brand is telling is very important. I agree. And so I think we're here today to talk about how you could maybe embrace influencing in your own life, in your job, in your business, if you have one. And we do a lot of work with businesses in particular, and the biggest obstacle we have when working with businesses is how to um, build storytelling into their workflow. Mm -hmm. How can we recognize marketable moments, as you say, and how can we record those? How can we document them as they are happening? And a lot of times, you know, clients will say to me, oh, well, you know, I don't have, like, nobody wants to hear about me. Nobody wants to hear my story. Mm -hmm. And that's just not the case. Everyone wants to hear the story um, behind the brands that they are a part of. And so, you know, if you have people who, you know, you have 10 people who are following you or you have hundreds of people who are following you or thousands of people who are following you, all of them care about you at the core and they care about your story. They care about what you're about. They care about what you care about. Um, and all of that is important to be transparent about so that you can have a real conversation, real dialogue and carry um, things forward. But one of the things I was going to ask you, Nicholas, I just out of curiosity, Nicholas and I are very different when it comes to influencing. So I am much more um, influential in a holistic kind of approach, you know, like whoever I'm around, people ask me for opinions, things of that nature. I kind of wait for it to come to me. But Nicholas is more outwardly in influential and he will go talk about a brand he loves or he'll, you know, talk about his watch or talk about his hats or whatever it might be. Or he'll go talk about, you know, some other brand and he is more outward with it. So I'm curious, you know, from your perspective, what what was that shift for you when you when you decided, okay, I'm gonna I'm going to actually start posting on the internet about what I care about? Um, how did that how did that take place for you? Well, I just have always liked attention. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. And uh, you know, having the internet is a way to get attention. 
and to just kind of have my own little corner of the internet where I talk about the things that I like and um, are important to me. And and the things that I'm about, you know, I don't tend to, you know, nobody pays me to talk about their brand on the internet, but I do have a small um, circle of influence, a modest circle of influence <laughs> on the internet. We're just going to plug, this is Nicholas, go follow him. <laughs> um, and... And I've been a small business owner for a long time. And so one of my favorite things is to, you know, just talk about how the experiences I enjoy uh, with other small businesses, whether that's restaurants that I like or coffee places I enjoy or um, services or people. Um, I will go and, and talk about those people and just give them shout outs because, you know, the biggest currency that you can give a small business owner is a positive review mm-hmm. on the Internet. And I um, I believe that like in my bones, I believe that. So if there is a way for me to say, hey, I had a great experience and uh, you should check these folks out. I'm going to do that. And and also, you know, people value your opinion, Megan. And they seek it out. Nobody seeks out my opinion. Nobody's like, hey, what do you think about this? So it's just my my way of shouting from the rooftops. Hey, go visit Munch Deli. They're great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, it's interesting. I think, it's, I think that that's just in the way in which we live our lives, though. We're very different, you know. Mm-hmm. You're more um, introverted. I'm more extroverted. Yeah. Um, you know, and we, and we both have introverted and extroverted qualities about us, but... You know, from an outsider's perspective, I'm the one that goes out and about and shakes the hands and kisses the babies and all that stuff. And you're the mm-hmm. one who is like, all right, I'm going to stay behind the computer and, and then I'll go home and, you know, text me. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I'm, you know, you like conversing with people a lot more than I do. And uh, so I don't, I don't tend to be great in conversations. I mean... Maybe that's not true. You're great at conversations. I don't think that's it at all. It's, I think it's just we live our lives differently. Yeah. So, so, you know. so social media to me is more of a performance, and I kind of like performing. Mm-hmm. And I, it just takes a lot of energy for me to be in a conversation with somebody and have the back and forth and make making chit chat, and it's exhausting. But you know, saying something great about another business or singing a song on the internet or whatever it is I do. That kind of stuff gives me energy, so that's why I do it. That's why. Yeah. I so like if you it. like music, also you know, music watches, hats, coffee, go follow him. There's this is Nicholas. Not a lot of watch content on my <laughs> stuff, just so you know. But um, yeah, I just think I think that we live live differently, and so it's funny because I'll go to an appointment or I'll go to um, a meeting, and someone will be like, "Oh my gosh, your husband, you know, just that influencer over there, you know, sharing his opinion on so and so," and. Or whatever, and and I think it's true. It's true. You're very much out there in the public eye, um, you know. And and owning a digital media company, that's great. It's been great for us. I think um, I need to embrace it more, probably. But I'm mm-hmm. I'm just really old school. I'm more I'm more the like, hey, let's let's meet up for coffee and tea. Yeah, vote for Megan. <laughs> so um, so yeah. So I think. So how could you embrace influencing more, Megan? I think that the way that I can embrace influencing more is to to realize that I you know the things that I care about and care deeply about um, I don't necessarily amplify as much online as I as I would like to or should 
And I think that I could do a better job of that. Um, I think that sometimes I shy away from it because I'm afraid of upsetting the apple cart. Like, what if I, what if I, you know, go out there and say, you know, relay for life, support that, or you know, go out there and say, Tiger Chamber's great, or whatever. And somebody's like, oh no, but I really like this other place, Lake Oswego Chamber, or whatever. And and I love Lake Oswego too. But you know, just just realizing that everyone has their own things and everyone has their own opinions and, and the, you know, and sometimes I get wrapped up in the thought of the opinions that other people hold and it holds me back from sharing my own. Mm. Um, and so I think it would be nice to realize how much of a resource and a connector we can be online. Um, in addition to being one when you're asked. Mm-hmm. I agree. And that is a major difference between you and me is that I will put things out without caring what people think about it. And you will be very conscious about what it says about you or our business or our family or whatever it is it ends up being. And it's good for us to have each other. It is. We balance each other out nicely. But yeah, no, today, I mean, so it's interesting because I do post online and I do have my own my own channels. And today I posted something, but it took me, you know, 15, 20 minutes because I thought about it and thought about it and rethought about it and rewrote it. And it's like, why is it so difficult? And it's just because, and honestly, it was because it was about, it was about being emotional. And I have this thing that, you know, women being emotional, I think, oh no, people are going to think that's, you know, negative. But it's not. It's so good. I had a good cry listening to a great song and I <laughs> rocked it today. I had a great day. So I just need to get over myself and get over the fact that like nobody really cares at the end of the day. Like, you know, they care about your opinion. They care about, you know, all the things that you do. But when you post something, they're not like sitting there analyzing every word and thinking, oh, you're weak because you cried today, Megan. That's not that's not a thing. No. And also, uh, one thing that I'm pretty good at is batching content. You know, I'll I'll think about a concept and then I'll do it. Like I'll ask a question on the internet. This has been something I've been doing lately. Ask a question on the internet, and then get answers in my stories, and then I will like take seven or eight pictures of me pointing to nothing in my office, so that I can um, put in little balloons of what responses are. And that kind of drives Megan crazy because it it looks like it takes me a long time. But in reality, it takes me like less than five minutes. To yeah. Do it. So in my mind, I'm like, oh my gosh, clients are gonna think that you spent five hours doing social media crap, and they're gonna be like, where's my stuff? Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, that's probably not even true. Like, <laughs> probably nobody even cared. And our clients may not even be following you on social media because yeah. they pay us for that stuff. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> so they don't have to. So. Um, yeah, and so I mean. If we're talking about tactics for influencing, batching content is tactic number one. Do that. Mm-hmm. Think about all, all of the things that you are important that are important to you that you're passionate about, and think about a concept and then do it all at the same time, so you don't have to worry about it. Just walk around your whole universe, pointing in different areas, looking you know different ways. Yeah. You know, that that's a way to batch pictures. <laughs> so, um, so we talked about the way I influence. And, um, but the thing that's interesting to me about the way you influence is how you are so much of a resource and a go-to connector for people. And it is more, it's a more likely scenario that somebody listening to this would be that than, you know, trying to, um, build a gigantic audience on the internet. And so being an influencer in everyday life, 
is what you are. Yeah, it is. You're, it is. as I say many times, you're Tiger Famous. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that you talked to somebody today or yesterday, and and they were like, "You're really big and tired, aren't you?" <laughs> and it's true. Yeah, and, and it's because you are a big resource, and you know everybody, and you're a great connector. And they're running for office, like at the state level, and so I'm like, "Oh wow, if they think that about me, I must be okay." Mm-hmm. Um, but it's true. It's true. I think. Um, did you have a question in there, or do you want me to just keep going? <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious about how that's going to end for you, but I do have some questions about that. So, yeah. So I guess uh, what what I was thinking is, you know, most people have influence over people in their lives, um, be it their children, their husband or wife, their significant other, their partner, their boss, the people they work with, you know, people they go to church with, whatever that is. There are so many people that people come across on a day-to-day basis that they influence in one way or another. Mm-hmm. Someone might look up to you. Someone might think, oh, wow, you've got it together. How do you keep it together like that? You know, oftentimes people are like, wow, you're a really great mom. And so they come to me for mom advice. Or they think, oh, wow, you're really great at running your business. And so they come to me for business advice. Um, you know, they always think, oh, Megan knows somebody. If, you know, if they need a lawyer or they need... You know someone to uh, take photography for them they're like oh Megan will know the person Mm -hmm. so I think that can be how it is for everyone if you're more open to conversing about those sorts of things and um, what I what I tend to do is I just say to people um, oh if you need something just let me know you know Mm -hmm. I'm I'm always I'm happy to help so if I don't know the answer to something my my go-to thing is Oh, you know, let me find out for you or, or let me see if I know somebody who knows somebody. Mm-hmm. And I try and find that and be a resource and a connector. Um, you know, and even for our clients, um, for friends, you know, there's often times where they'll say, hey, you know, do you know someone who does this? And I will do an email intro or I'll do a text intro and I will help people connect because I truly believe that if we can help one another connect to one another, and if we can, um, you know, be able to create relationships, the more interconnected we are as a community and the more relationships we build as a community, the stronger that community becomes. Yeah. And I think one of the most impressive things about you is that your de- default position is, um, how can I help this person? You're like you're out, always looking for ways to help people. And if that's ways that you yourself can help them or um, a way that you could potentially connect them with somebody who can that's one of the great so one of the things that makes you a great networker is that you go and you meet and you listen and you understand what someone's needs are and then you connect them with the appropriate resource Mm -hmm. and that's how you can become an influencer in your physical circle of people that you know is you go out and meet people and connect with them and listen to what they need and provide it for them in some way Mm-hmm. Which is the same way you do it online, is you go out and you meet new people, you listen to what they need, and then you provide that for them on the internet. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think the the interesting thing is there's no tangible benefit in that moment, but there are so many benefits that come from being that way in life. You know, one of the things that always sticks with me is I, I volunteered for Relay for Life for a lot of years. And sometimes people thought that I, you know, worked for Relay for Life. Um, my kids thought I worked for Relay. They thought I worked for the Tiger Chamber. Like, there's all kinds of things that my kids thought I did. Um, and, you know, the thing that, that stuck with me was it took, like, 
five years later, someone came to me and said, hey, I want to work with you because you helped me, you know, when I was trying to sign up to be a survivor, you helped me sign up. And so I want to work with you because you give back and you have a good heart. And that's, you know, that is the tangible payoff. And and it might be down the road. It might be right away. Who knows? But that's not why I do it, but it is a benefit of doing it that I've found over the years. And it was not something I expected. When I first started doing it, I literally was just doing it because I thought it was the right thing to do and something that like spoke to me and felt good. And um, it's really cool to see that it's paid off tenfold in what it's done for our business, what it's done for our family. I mean, my kids get benefits from it. It's great. It's great to see. I mean, you know, Marsha Solberg, shout out. She does send out cards. She's amazing. She sends my kids cards all the time and they love it and they love Marsha Mail. And I think, you know, that that is a benefit of me being a human that connected with Marsha and she loves my kids and she sends them these cards. And so, you know, you just don't realize the ecosystem you're creating in your network until you see it at work and can look back and say, wow, that all came from me volunteering for Relay for Life or whatever it might be in your life. Yeah. So I would say maybe the takeaways from this conversation are... Um, show up for things that you're passionate about try to listen to what people are needing and and try to connect them with a resource that will help them in some way and apply that to your business and apply it to your life and uh, you'll all live happily ever after i love that (laughs) (laughs) Um, so that's your homework go out and do that (laughs) go out and find how you can apply influencing and storytelling and storytelling tactics in your life in your business however it makes sense for you so now is our favorite segment it's ask megan and nicholas (laughs) tm megan wanted me to make sure i got the yeah in there totally So this is where we ask each other a question. Yep. It is where we ask each other a question. Last time, Megan, I asked you a question first. So I believe that makes it your turn to ask a question first. Oh, interesting. (laughs) So my question for you is if there was one brand you could be an influencer for or of or product, service, whatever, what would it be? (laughs) That's That's a great question. I can think of several that I would be interested in being an influencer for. Um, Pick one. (laughs) uh, I would be an influencer for Rolex. Oh, tell us more about that. Well, I love watches, Megan, and you have noted several times in this particular podcast, and uh, I just, you know... the, the the thing about Rolex is they as a brand they do everything right. They have created a, a market in which, for the lay person, Rolex is the default watch brand that everybody knows. Mm-hmm. You know, and they have created a market where you cannot go into a store, into an authorized dealer of Rolex and buy a Rolex right now. You can, you cannot do it. You can walk out of, with a Rolex. And it's because they are so sought after, uh, artificial or not, that 
um, the demand is much higher than the supply. They have artificially created this environment where they're the you know of the in the most sought after category of watches, and you can't get them, and that perpetuates their branding um, as a luxury timepiece. When in fact, there are many other watch brands that are far more luxurious than Rolex, and but for the average person, the idea of paying $10,000, $15,000, $20,000 for a watch is ridiculous. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> but these are, these are amazing objects that will last forever. They are generational timepieces that, that um, are powered not by any kind of electronic power source, but by the motion of your um, of your body, you know, the, you walking around will create um, inertia that makes the rotor spin on automatic watches. It winds the mainspring that powers the watch. So there's no battery. Mm-hmm. Um, a person has made this machine that will vibrate twenty thousand times per hour and somehow keep accurate time within seconds per day. And so that, to me, is amazing. And um, and so the idea that Rolex, who has done such a great job of branding in general, creating this analog thing that I love, even though I am a digital person, a digital yeah. person, that's why I would pick Rolex. Yeah, and on my wrist right now is an Apple Watch. Megan does not understand <laughs> why I love watches at all. But she is... I mean, I understand. I understand. I understand your passion for watches. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think, you know, you just... You just uh, you get really passionate about things. And you have a lot of collections. And so, you know. That's a thing that I'm always dealing with. I do have a lot of connection collections. <laughs> Not connections. You do have connections. That's but true. you also have I collections. Do. I have collections. <laughs> and um, I can understand how that would be tiresome. And it's true that when I get into something, I really get into something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I go down wormholes. I He could uh, talk about watches forever. Yeah. And any number of other things. True. That are very mundane to most people, you know. I'm just fascinated by how the world works in general and like the systems that have been created to make things happen in our lives, I think, are just kind of incredible. And so I am passionate about watches, but I could speak with equal passion about uh, a number of different things. Mm-hmm. Which I, we're not going to go into yeah, on this Yeah, I mean, I will not talk about... <laughs> rubber extruding at this moment (laughs) i think that the you know the way that industrial services work and how there are so many different businesses companies manufacturers that are dedicated to building parts of things that somehow get um, shipped from all over the world into one place to be assembled by Somebody or uh, a man, you know, like a team plant, a team mm-hmm. of people, mm-hmm. robots, however that works. Robots, for crying out loud. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. If you look at the world through those eyes, everything is incredible. And that's just how I choose to look at life. 
You know, it is incredible that we have a network of computers that are connected together that allow us to connect with other all people all over the world. It is amazing that we have a grid that, of um, electricity that allows us to power the lights in our houses. It's amazing that we have stoplights that are somehow coordinated so that people know when they should go and when they should stop so we don't run into each other all the time. All of those little things are just incredible. And so I am fascinated by all of it. If there were more time, I would investigate every little thing. So DM him if you're if you're interested in chatting more. <laughs> yeah, that took a weird tangent, but it kind of <laughs> sidelined into how I am passionate about everything in the world. <laughs> it's my turn to ask you a question, Megan. All right. Are we done with my question? We are done with your question. Okay. If you were to start a business today, what would be the first five things you would do oh goodness goodness the first five things i would do if i were to start a business today i would secure funding um for my idea or my business if it's a service or a product i would want to secure some source of funding for it um, because you can start a business. We started a business without any startup funds. We bootstrapped. We bootstrapped for many years. <laughs> like crazy. But that's a hard way to do it. And I think knowing what I know now, I would have secured some funding to be able to um, jumpstart the mechanism that Edge One is today. Mm-hmm. Um, and we probably would have gotten to where we are now a lot faster. Yeah, maybe that's true. Um, certainly, yeah. I mean, some startups, there are lots of startups that don't succeed. They, you know, that they get the funding and then they don't necessarily succeed. So you have to be careful. You have to be sure your idea is good and vetted and all of that. Um, but, but if you, you know, have a brilliant idea or you have a good service or a good product, um, you know, there's a lot of ways that, that a good source of funding or a good partner to um, be part of your organization um, is, is, a, is a great way to go. And it's a good, it's just a good safety net to fall back on and a good person to bounce ideas off of. I mean, I think that, that that's, that's the first one. The second one is I would get a partner or I would have some sort of business, you know, someone, a coach or, or, or some other thing to be able to talk to, to talk through how I wanted to operate the business and um, what, what steps I might take and in what order. And get, you know, get more, because I always think, you know, more than one set of eyes or hands on any given thing is better than just one set. Mm -hmm. Uh, Your perspective is your perspective. And so if you can be challenged by somebody else's perspective, it is helpful because then you can go through what might fail and realize, oh, no, that's not going to work for everybody. Or you can go through what might succeed and realize, oh, wow, this is going to speak to all the people who might uh, want to be a part Mm -hmm. of it. So that's that's the second thing. I would also um, hire employees. So uh, we were so we started with Nicholas being a solopreneur, and um, I had a corporate job, and then I quit my corporate job, came over to Edge One, and it was just the two of us for a while, uh, and that was hard. That was difficult. So I felt like, um, you know, when we hired our employee, and and you know, we hired a great employee for our first employee, but. I would probably hire an administrative employee first. Um, so being very specific, my first employee would be admin. Um, that that 
would have just catapulted us a little bit faster as well. So that's that's one of the ones. Um, I would join a chamber of commerce um, and other networking organizations. So I would join networking organizations that made sense for my business. And um, when we started Edge One, you know, and when I came over, uh, which is when we really launched Edge One to being more than just a solopreneurship, um, I went out to every networking event known to man. If it was a networking event and it was in the Portland metropolitan area, um, I'm, and when I say Portland metropolitan area, I'm talking Salem to Vancouver, Washington. If it was within that area, out to Gresham, out to the coast, I was there. Um, and I might not have been there every single time, but I was there at least once, if not twice. Um, if it was a meat market event where I was getting hit on and or bought a drink, I would not go back. But if it was people talking business, people you know really building relationships with each other, passing business cards, you know passing business, I was there, and um, and I stayed part of that for as long as I could until it just didn't make sense for our family anymore for me to be gone at night um, all the time because a lot of them were either early in the morning or or later in the evening. And so, um, you know, there were many times my day would start at 6 a.m. and it would end at 9 o'clock at night. And that was um, that was the hustle life back then. So uh, that would be one of the things that I would do. And then, let's see, fifth, um, marketing. You know, I would make sure that I've got a website and I've got my marketing together. I'm on social media. My business is listed everywhere that someone could review um, the business. Uh, I would start with Google because that's the big one. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I would definitely make sure that my organic marketing was working for me and moving things forward. And so I would take some of those starting funds and um, utilize it in my marketing efforts. Yeah. So what I have down for you is you would first secure some funding of some kind so that you would be able to grease the wheels a little bit faster um, because bootstrapping takes a, a while. Um, now, it's not right for everybody, and certainly, I don't know if we would have gotten funding sooner, uh, how it would have gone. You know, I think bootstrapping helped us learn a lot about hustling and managing money and, you know, taking in more than what we're spending. And I think that w- that's one of the obstacles that you have to avoid when you take on funding is making sure that you are spending wisely. Um, but that's where number two comes in, where you have a partner or advisor who helps you see what is important about your business. I know that, um, you know, people, I in particular, would get blinded by the vision of our company, what I wanted it to be, but I wasn't always looking at the nuts and bolts of how we get it there. And, you know, it's helpful to have somebody with eyes on the things that are your blind spots so they can illuminate them for you. So I think that gra- grabbing a partner or advisor or just a trusted person to talk to to talk over things is important. So, you know, for me, it's making sure that we're making more money than we're spending is uh, it was the thing in the in the beginning. And, and then as we go, what are the processes we ne- need to have in place so that everything works the way it should? And then three, you had... Hire employees. Yeah, because the employees help make those processes. Exactly right. <laughs> I know. Hiring employees is is one of the best things that we ever did was, you know, and I was very hesitant to do that in the beginning because I was afraid of spending the money and blah, 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 blah. 
But it turns out that handing them off and letting them do the things that they're good at really helped leverage their talents into something that would grow bigger than individuals could. And then four, you have chamber and networking, which is important for everybody who's just starting out. You need to make connections with people and understand what, how you could get help in the world. Mm -hmm. And that honestly, I mean, these could go in different orders for different people. Chamber and networking might be number one for people. If you're not going to secure funding, for sure, you got to be at, you know, networking events all the time because that's, that's your sales channel. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's the people who are amplifying your message. It's your sales force. So if you want to build a sales force beyond yourself or, or your, you know, your business, whatever size it might be, you got you to gotta make connections with real people who are going to go out there and amplify what you're doing and, and say, hey, I know a person. And you be that person that they'd say, hey, I know this person who does this. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so chamber and networking, it's how you establish and develop relationships with people in your community. Being connected to your community, being connected to our community is one of our core values. And it's the thing, you know, it's not, as Megan said, it's not the thing that, that we meant to do, like, for personal gain. But it has been so beneficial to us. Um, personally, professionally, that that's a whole nother podcast, though, uh, yeah. about, you know, I give a talk actually every year, at least once a year, sometimes more than once a year. But once a year, I'm always invited to give a talk on connecting your cause, your business to a cause, yeah, uh, connecting your brand to a cause. And I, I might have actually already done a podcast on that. Yeah, we might. I can't remember. Go check the archives. <laughs> and then marketing. Number five, marketing, website, social listings, you know, uh, if you were to ask me this question, you didn't, but if you were, I would say listings is the number one thing that I would do. Like the day that I started would be to list my business on Google and start getting reviews there because, you know, it's where, you know, it's where your, your relationships can go to say good things about you on the internet. So get a Google business listing. If you don't have one, you should get one. Um, and we don't prep these questions, so this is all just like he asked me it, and that's my honest answer. At the, you know, at that moment. Yeah, that's absolutely <laughs> right. We didn't know what questions we were going to ask each other before the show, and we just asked them. And that's a pretty good list, Megan. Thanks. Great job. Way to go. Well, thank you. I'm not, I, you know, looking at it now, I'm not sure I would put it in the exact order, but I, I think all of those things are. Which are okay? What's the number one thing for you? I, I mean, I don't know. I, it could be all those things. Any of those things. <laughs> Do all of these things and you'll be successful, Megan says. She guarantees it. <laughs> I don't 100%. guarantee it. I don't guarantee anything. But but I do think, you know, often we get stifled by, um, you know, we have a great idea or we want to do this thing or we, or we know we're good at something. We have a talent. And we get stifled by, well, what do I do to make this happen? And, um, you know, if you can just figure out the little pieces, the little steps you can take, what can I do today to move this forward more? And, um, I, you know, I see this as kind of a snowball. And so, you know, how I, how I listed it out, it just sort of builds on one another. And then by the time you get to that marketing, you're a well-oiled machine that's, that's just going to be successful. And that way you don't have to worry about negative reviews online because so many people worry about that at the beginning. Yeah. And um, don't worry about it. If people say something bad about you, it's an opportunity for you to show how good you are at customer service. Yes, absolutely. And certainly... I would say that, you know, you start a business tomorrow, you have to get good at lots of different things and just be prepared to embrace the things that 
um, you're not good at or try to look at them as uh, opportunities for you to grow and find ways that you can um, show up in those areas or hire employees and outsource it to them. Yep. So uh, if you enjoyed our conversation today, head on over to the Refreshing Edge Facebook page uh, to join our private group. We would love to have more people there uh, to carry on the conversation. We also build relationships in that group. So if you would like to be part of my network of referrals, uh, head on over there and uh, be a part of the conversation. Yeah. Megan knows everybody. (laughs) And I post silly videos on the internet. (laughs) Um, yeah. So, uh, anything else that you want to let the audience know today? No, it was good to talk to you. It's good to see you. It was um, good to talk to you. Too. I'm uh, very happy to see your face here in the office, in your office, with the sun shining in Tigard, Oregon, at Edge One Media headquarters, <laughs> <clears throat> um, with a lot of noise coming from all of our walls. Give your brand a refreshing edge, right? Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much for listening today, and uh, oh, we'll talk to you next time. Enjoy. If you liked what you heard today, please be sure to subscribe to our podcast. Share it with a friend. Follow us on the socials. At Edge One Media. At This Is Nicholas DeSalvo. Or at Megan DeSalvo. 